Thanks, Vickers. Good to be with you as I was with the eight. Would you turn with me to Psalm 46? Psalm 46. And then we're going to move back into the Old Testament to Genesis. Psalm 46, just a few verses. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth gives way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. As we come to this word today, let me just take my watch off. I don't go over two hours. <laughs> I had a nervous giggle this morning as well. Don't worry, I kept it down. As we come to this word today, um, let's, just, let's just quieten our hearts and ask the Lord to speak to us. Um, so often we, we come to the, to the word and um, we're actually not ready to receive it for ourselves. Have you come to times like that where it becomes a formality? Um, so don't switch me on yet. I'm, I haven't started yet. <laughs> um, so let's just quieten our hearts and say, Lord, speak to me. Encourage me through your word. Let's just have a moment of quietness. You do that before your God. Father, thank you that your word is applicable to each one of us. And we thank you, Lord, that we can go to your word for refuge and strength and encouragement. The word is so full of promises, so full of God speaking to us, into our situations, no matter where we are in life. We bless you for that, Lord. Thank you that your Holy Spirit will interpret it to our hearts, that this word is for us, for ourselves, for, for me, and for nobody else, in Jesus' name, amen. So last week, Joey spoke about Jesus calming the storm. And the disciples were in the boat. Were you all here? And uh, Jesus spoke to the elements, and, and they, they, they changed completely. And um, as I was coming before the Lord and asking him what to preach about, felt the Lord saying that I should continue with that theme and massage that in to our lives. And so that's what we're going to do today. 2,000 years ago, Jesus made many statements, many prophecies. And one of those prophecies was that in the end times, there were going to be troubles. There were going to be difficulties, second to none. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 21, there will be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world, never to be equaled again. And as we look at what's happening around the world, I'm sure that we can all conclude that this is actually happening. There's a shaking that's taking a place nationally, internationally, financially, in families, uh, turmoils, upheavals, terrorism, um, drug addictions just going b b besides itself. Um, 
it, it, it's, it's just a chaotic world. It's a more dangerous and precarious world, unpredictable world than, than ever before. And often we live in fear as Christians and we shouldn't. And God's word warned us. And we know that we're just living in a sinful world as such. And we need to trust him. The story of Joseph in uh, Genesis chapter 37, if you want to move there, Genesis chapter 37, has always been a tremendous encouragement to me in my walk of faith with God. And I'm sure it has been with you as you've read it. I'm sure that many, if not most of you, uh, know the story of Joseph. And, uh, and you know that he was one of 12 children, second last and he was his father's favorite. Genesis 37 and verse 3 says, Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons. And when the brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him, and they could not speak a kind word to him. And Joseph very foolishly shared the uh, dreams that he was given with them, and uh, they hated him even more for that. And uh, they decided to get rid of him at the first opportunity. And that opportunity came when the father sent uh, Joseph to the brothers far away from home. And when they saw him come towards him, they decided they were going to kill him. They changed their plan. They put him into a pit, into a, a dry cistern. And, um, and then some Ishmaelite uh, guys came past and they thought, oh, well, let's, let's sell him. Let's just get rid of him. And that's it. Overs, cadovers. And so that, that, that's what happened. And he was sold into slavery in Egypt, became a slave to Potiphar, who was the captain of the guard. You know the story very well. And um, in Genesis 37 and verse 2, it says that he was 17 years of age when this happened. And you can imagine how tr traumatic this was to a 17-year-old to be uprooted from his family, his country, put into a foreign land, foreign language, foreign people, didn't know anybody, and he was a slave. Traumatic. I wonder if we can visualize that in, in our lives, in our own situation. And then uh, he uh, was a servant, and he proved himself to Potiphar, and then Potiphar promoted him. And you know how his wife, eyed him. He was a handsome dude, and um, the wife craved him and um, wanted to sleep with him. And time and again, he said no. And eventually, she grabbed hold of his jacket and falsely accused him of rape, and, uh, and, and he was put in jail. And uh, to add insult to injury, he was there for a long time, and then butler, the chief butler and the chief baker of Pharaoh was thrown into jail, and they had a dream. And um, he interpreted one, and uh, it was forgotten about. He interpreted these two dreams. The one was going to be killed. The one was going to be promoted. And, um, and that's what happened. And he said to the one, to the, but, to the uh, butler who was promoted, Genesis chapter 40 and verse 14, When all goes well with you, remember me and show me the kindness and mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison for I've done nothing wrong to deserve being put in this dungeon. And uh, you can imagine this guy being deeply grateful for having this dream interpreted by God through, through Joseph, 
Joseph was very clear to say that this is not of me, it's of God. Uh, God uh, helped, helped me um, in this. And then he promptly forgot about it. This morning, um, Rod Venable said, uh, last week when Joey spoke about storms, the storm, um, he, 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 he was, um, had this on his heart to share it. Uh, and, and he said, no, I'm going to do it today. And I thought, wow, <laughs> this is quite appropriate. This, 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 I said to him, this, this was the right opportunity. God spoke to him in a dream, and God encouraged him in a dream. And I thought, well, well, that, that, that is an encouragement for me as a preacher when, when that, that happens to, to someone during the week and he shares it. And so two years went by without any uh, knowledge of what, what happened to the, to the chief butler. And, um, and Pharaoh had this dream. And uh, you know how uh, it, uh, nobody could interpret the dream. And uh, this butler remembered Joseph, ah, I remember that God, I, I told him that I was going to help him. I was going to get him out. I know he's innocent. And two years later, and uh, in Genesis uh, 41 and verse 9, he said he was, um, he was ashamed. Uh, it says, yeah, today I, I'm reminded of my shortcomings. <laughs> um, it's a bit late, two years <laughs> in jail. Um, I'm sure you've seen documentaries of, of people who um, were put into prison, but they were totally innocent. And uh, they languished in jail for five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. And uh, then it was discovered that they were innocent and they, they were released. How shocking is that? It's like my heart always goes out to people like that. I mean, it, it's bad enough to go to jail for a, for, for a crime that you've done, but for a crime that you haven't done, it's like, What? Uh, and here was this young man who was put in jail uh, on a rape case, and he hadn't done it, uh, falsely accused. And he spent many, many years languish, languishing in jail, but he never turned his back on God. He never discredited God for one moment. Rick Warren says, when things go wrong, we may reject the person we need the most, and that's the Lord. When things go wrong, we may reject the person that we need the most. I've had many people in counseling over the years and they've said to me, I've gone through this rough time and um, I haven't spoken to the Lord for six months, nine months. It's like, no, that is the very person that you need to speak to. That is the very person that will bring healing, wholeness, guidance, direction, encouragement. Bad things do happen to good people. Did you know that? Um, it's happened to me quite a number of times. Um, Job, Job is one of those cases, is he not? Um, where God uh, allowed something to happen and everything was destroyed in his life. But praise God that uh, you look at the last chapter, you look it up today, look at the last chapter, and it's such an encouragement to read that last chapter of Job. Okay, so... so how, how, how did Joseph cope? Um, you might be asking me. I'm glad you asked the question um, because he coped in four ways, I believe. First of all, he had an intimate relationship, an intimate ongoing relationship with his uh, heavenly father. 
and he was aware that God was with him all through that journey. How do we know this? We know this because God revealed himself to Joseph in a dream. He established contact with him. He established that relationship with Joseph, and he laid out his life before him. He said, you have a glorious future. In the last decade or so, God has been speaking to Muslims in dreams and visions. Jesus has been revealing himself to Muslims, and it's amazing. I have, I have one recording on, on my phone. A friend sent me this, and, and I was in tears after reading this. It, I wish I had time to share it with you. Uh, uh, Muslims who have never heard the name of Jesus, M Muslims who could never uh, hear the claims of Christ, uh, have come to a firm relationship with Jesus Christ. And so this relationship was established. And we're told in um, Genesis chapter 39 and verse 2 that the Lord was with Joseph and he prospered him. And he lived in the house of the Egyptian master. And when his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did. And then in verse 23 of Genesis 39, while Joseph was in prison, this is the other situation, the Lord was with him. Again, it says, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put him in charge of all that were held in prison. And his master, verse 3, saw that the Lord was with him. His master was with him. His master was with him. And the Lord prospered him. I don't think he, he languished in jail. I don't think he, he, he shriveled up and died in jail. This gives me an idea. This gives us a clue that he prospered in jail. He was, he was blessed by God. And others saw that he was blessed by God. And it was because of the intimacy of his relationship with his heavenly father. He is the God of all encouragement. The psalmist says in Psalm 68 and verse 9, Praise be to the Lord God our Savior who daily bears our burdens. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3 says, Praise be to the God of all comfort who comforts us in our trouble so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we have received ourselves. And so as God ministered to him in this intimate relationship and comforted him and, and promoted him, he was encouraged and he, was, he knew without a shadow of a doubt that, that God had not forgotten him. So often in situations, we, we tend to think, well, where is God? Has he forgotten me? Does he care for me? Have you been in a situation like that? I'm, I'm sure I'm the only one here. You've been in, in those situations? No, he hasn't forgotten you. No, he does care for you. And he wants to foster and grow this relationship that he has started with us. Joseph had an implicit faith in God, secondly. And that's why he triumphed over adversity. An implicit faith in God. God had given him this dream or these dreams and he held on to them and that sustained him and encouraged him to carry on, carrying on. He had many questions, no doubt, like we all have in times of adversity. Why me? What's happening? God, where are you? Why so long? 
Why you, you've given me this vision, this dream. Where are you? Why are you taking so long over it? God, you know, when are you going to come and, and rescue me? And it's not wrong to have questions. It's not wrong because the psalmist uh, does this often. Psalm 142 in verses 1 and 2. I cry to the Lord. I lift my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out my complaint before him. Before him I tell my trouble. Do we complain to God at times? It's not wrong as long as we don't complain for, you know, five years, ten years. And we, we, we keep banging the drum, you know, woe is me, you know. I'm a worm. You know, if you, you know, I've counseled people like that. It's like, get out of that, you know. Look at all that God has done for you. Don't look at that little dot. You know, they put a dot on a, on a white wall. What do you see? I see the dot. But what about the rest of the wall of all that God has done for you? Don't concentrate on the dot. See the goodness of God. And rejoice in the goodness of God. And so despite questioning the questions that, that he had, he had a deep-seated trust in the goodness of God, deep-seated trust in the sovereignty of God, deep-seated trust in the provision of God, and that enabled him to continue. He held on to the things that God had given to, to him. Has God given to you stuff to hold on to? Yeah, of course. In the word of God, for one, Rhema words for two, there are several hundred promises in God's Word, and we need to hold on to them. We need to know what they are. We need to memorize them. We need to pray them back to God. We need to speak them out in our lives, and God will fulfill them for us for, to His glory. God has given me rhema words along the way. Not that many, but they were so, so clear that, that they, they were so encouraging. Hold on to those rhema words. Hold on to the promises of, of God and he will establish you. So because God had given him vision for his life, he had a positive attitude in jail. And because he had a positive attitude in jail, he was promoted. They saw him as a positive man. They didn't see a, a shriveling, conniving, uh, crying, defeated um, Depressed young person. They saw a victorious young person. And he was victorious because of his deep relationship with an almighty God, because of the ministry of God in his heart and in his life. He could rise above that, that circumstance. And others could see God in him. Can, can, can others see God in us in, in our work situation? Can they see him even when, the, when, the life, when life is difficult, when it's not easy? We need to give glory to God in those times. They need to say, wow, I don't know how you're coping. But God is with you. God is in this. God is protecting. God is blessing. God is establishing. He never gave in to self-pity. Never gave in to um, self-pity, which becomes depres depression in the end when we, we allow self-pity to, to, to have its full sway. Um, counseled many people over the years in depression and they've never dealt with self-pity. Yeah, there were times, no doubt, where, where, where he was sorry for himself, but he dealt with it and he moved on. He never held a grudge against God. He never held a grudge against his, his brothers. He never n not forgave them. 
never lived in unforgiveness. He moved on from there. Unforgiveness destroys us. It becomes a bitter root, and it destroys us. 22 years later, the brothers meet Joseph, and now he's second in command. He's in um, Egyptian clothing, hairstyle, whatever. He speaks the language, and they don't understand him. They thought, they thought he was speaking in tongues, but he was speaking Egyptian. And, um, and, and, and now is the time for him to take revenge. He was second in charge. He was second in command. Come on, Joseph, wipe them out. You know, they wanted to wipe you out. Wipe them out. This is it. Go for it. He doesn't. He doesn't. He tells them who he is, and they get the fright of their lives. I mean, can you imagine being one of those brothers? And you thought you were dead. We got rid of you. We killed you. It's like, now we're dead. We're dead. We're dead. And he says, I, for, I forgive you. I forgive you. And these amazing words in Genesis 50 and verses 19 and 20, Joseph said to them, do not be afraid. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. To accomplish what has now been done, the saving of many lives. God intended it for good. When we look back on our trials and tribulations, can, can we say God intended it for good? Absolutely. But in the time, it doesn't seem possible, does it? Sometimes it's like, this is to Aina, Lord, just take it away. You know, <laughs> bring me through. You know, I name it and claim it. I rebuke Satan, whatever. No. Believe in the sovereignty of God. It is at work in my life in those times, and, um, and he's doing a, a thorough work. God intended it for good. Joseph cooperated with God's plan for his life. Another reason for him being able to cope, not only cope, but, but be victorious in a time like, like this. God had plans for Joseph, but not yet, because he was young, he had to grow, he had to mature, um, he had to develop character. He was going to be given a position that was going to save the planet at the time. He was going to be given the second most important position in the great country of the world at the time. And so he had to be refined. And um, we, we have an idea of, 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 of where he was when he foolishly told his, his brothers that, that the dreams and, and we're not told how he, how he told them the dreams, you know. And, and maybe, maybe he's, you know, I don't know. Maybe he said, you know what, I had this dream of the sheaths and, and my sheath stood up like this. And your sheaths went like that. I don't know. Um, but they became incensed. And they, they became uh, full of hate towards them at that point. But maybe there was something in, in his heart that needed to be changed. Leopold says it seems quite likely that there was a trace of spiritual pride that tainted Joseph. King Hezekiah in Isaiah 38 and verses 16 and 17 comes to this astonishing conclusion. Isaiah 38, 16 and 17. Read it on your own. King Hezekiah was, was dying. He was, he was in turmoil and he cried out to God, and God, God heard his cry, and God, God, God healed him. And this, this is what he concludes. You restored me to health and live again. 
Surely it was for my benefit that I suffered such anguish. Surely it was for my benefit that I suffered such anguish. And when we look back on the trials of our lives, we can only say, surely, Lord. It was Aina at the time, but, but it was for my benefit. And uh, it was for your glory. Joseph suffered a lot and made him a better person because he knew that God was with him. God was journeying with him and God was dealing with him and equipping him for something more. And so the more we cooperate with God, the more he's going to release his blessing, and more he's going to release his, his, his plan and his purpose for our lives. Rick Warren says God can take all our mistakes and all the sins that other people commit against us and turn them around and bring good out of it. Let me read that to you again. God can take all our mistakes and all the sins of other, that other people commit against us and he can turn them around and bring good out of it. Of bad. Do you believe that? Man, some of us do. Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, the plans I have for you, plans to prosper, plans to bless, plans to give you hope and a, and a future. God's got plans for us. God's got plans for this church. God, God's got it. Romans 8, 28, we know so well, all things work together for the good, for those love him and called for him. Often we, pr we pray that prayer, and when we're in a difficult situation, we read the, it differently. Uh, many things work together for the good, <laughs> but not this one, God. <laughs> and uh, it says all. Is all all? Yeah, all is all. At times, I don't, don't like reading that all. Max Lucado says, the torn robe became the royal one, the pit became the palace. The broken family grew together again. Isn't that amazing? That's what happened with Job in, the, in chapter. The latter part of his life was better than the first. That's what it says in the end of Job. There's always something to look forward to. And our last point is Joseph kept his eye on the prize. Joseph kept his eye on the prize. Joseph refused to look back. He refused to live in the past. He looked forwards. He looked ahead. When we look back constantly, it destroys us. It injures us. It harms us. Like it did to the Israelites when they were brought out of captivity. They were slaves and God opened the Red Sea for them and they were in the wilderness and uh, they kept looking back and they complained constantly. Moses, we want to go back. It's hard here. We want to... We want to go back. It was hard there, but it's better there. We'll eat, you know, garlic and onions there. And, and because they look back, God wiped them out. None of the adult generation were allowed to go in to the promised land. Only the youngsters went in to the promised land. Looking forwards brings health. Looking forwards brings encouragement. Looking forwards stabilizes and establishes us in our faith. Hebrews 12 and verse 2 says, Let's fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Philippians 3.13, Paul says, Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize which is in Christ Jesus. 
So it's not only jo Joseph that um, was given these promises about something good for us in the future. Each one of us as children of God have given, been given promises. Jesus himself said, I've come to give you life and uh, you're going to squirm for the rest of your life, right? John 10, 10. You're going to battle for the rest of your life. No, he says, I've come to give you life in abundance. It's either true or it's not true. If Jesus said so, it's true. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 12 says, if we endure, we will also reign with him. Isn't that amazing? If we are faithful to God, if we endure, we will reign with him, people. We should be jumping up and down and shouting, God, hallelujah, thank you. Even as miserable as I am, as much as I've failed you, we're going to reign with you one day. Isn't that incredible? We're going to reign with him. There's stuff to do. There's stuff to do here, and there's stuff to do there. The parable of the talents, Jesus said, Matthew 25, 21, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. There's so much to look forward to. There's promotion. There's work. There's rewards. And our greatest prize will be Jesus. When we see him face to face, that will be our greatest reward. Are you looking forward to rewards? Are you, are you looking forward to heaven? Are you looking forward? Or are we just living for the time being? You know, like we, we ground down. Our work just uh, grinds us out and, 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 and we just like go in circles. We need to be fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. This life is just going to be so short compared to eternity. Really, at times I have to smack myself and say, get out of it. That stupid thinking and living. Live as though you're going to live forever and go get those rewards in glory one day. Folks, we need to change our, our hearts and minds and we need to be the positive people that Joseph portrays in, in, this, in this, uh, these couple of chapters. Let's throw away the doubts. Let's throw away the guns. Let's throw away the muck and uh, let's soar like like an eagle, God doesn't want us to hover and uh, cluck, 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 like a, a fowl trying to find a little this and that. And the, you know, we're meant to soar. We're meant to soar. There'll be difficulties. There'll be hardships. There'll be heartaches. But it'll be worth it. Our light and momentary troubles are accumulating for us an eternal glory, an eternal reward in heaven one day is what the New Testament says. So let's come before God and take courage. He's with us. Relationships. Faith. Cooperating with Him. And let's fix our eyes on the prize. And God's going to bless us as a congregation. God's going to bless us as families. God's going to bless us in, as individuals and bless our children. Let's pray. Our God, our Father, we know that some might be feeling stuck, trapped, locked in, predestined for failure. Will this ever end? Will we get out of the pit? But Lord, we know that your word says 
And it's encouraging to see how Daniel came out of the lion's den, Jonah came out of the fish's belly, Moses came out of Egypt, Lazarus came out of the grave, the disciples came out of the storm. And Lord, you're there for us, you're there for us, and you will equip us. And thank you, Lord, that your word says in Isaiah 43 that when you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers they shall not overflow flow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burnt, nor shall the flame scorch you. We praise you and we bless you for that. In the wonderful and strong name of Jesus. Come now, Lord, and bring healing. Come now and bring encouragement. Come now and bring stability in each of our lives. That we would be anchored in Jesus. That you would be the rock on which we build our lives to your honor and glory. Amen. Maybe you don't know this Jesus we've been talking about. and Maybe you need to have a relationship with him. And uh, maybe you're scared about your future. You don't know what your future holds. We'd love to give you the opportunity to come and speak to us in the front after the meeting today. And we'd love to introduce you to, to our Savior. We'll take away every sin, every misdemeanor, and uh, he will make you whole in God. And you will be clothed with the righteousness of Jesus' mantle. So come today if you do not know Christ, if you're uns uns unsure of your salvation. Amen.